Welcome to the Dash Mindset Podcast. I'm Sherry Ziedenbergen. You were born, you're gonna die, and your adventure is your dash in between. So make the most of it. Unlock your potential in all aspects of your dash by embracing your uniqueness and living in a way that's authentic to you. Not by doing more things, but by focusing on the right things. I'm a former corporate leader turned coach who's on my own journey, and I'm passionate about helping you on your journey too. So on the podcast, we'll explore how to live authentically by deciphering who you truly are and what you truly want. Are you ready to take a step toward designing your dash? Someday doesn't actually exist. So let's do it now. Welcome to the Dash Mindset Podcast. I am so excited to have my friend Wendy here with us today. Wendy is hysterical and I'll let her tell this story, but um, she recently sent a video of me doing a white snake pose on on her minivan. Okay, so this is what you have in store for you today, folks. Wendy is here with us. Wendy has been on a journey, as we all have, right? But her journey is unique to her, as is always the case. She started out, no, I'm not going to say you started out, but you've been on this journey from mindset coach to leader, curator of joy, which she absolutely is. And you will see that today. Um, She's passionately dedicated to assisting female entrepreneurs and overcoming perfectionism, which is so fantastic. I could have used you in my life. Well, I don't know, for the last 49 years. Um, Procrastination and fear. Her robust faith coupled with an abundance of idea generating energy, which you will see today, empowers those in her sphere to cultivate more joy in their lives. And she will definitely be bringing you joy today. Serving as the CEO of Sastastic Life, Wendy functions as a mindset coach and co-hosts the YouTube show and podcast, Your Sastastic Life, alongside Trisha Rebus. And Trisha is phenomenal as well. She serves as the marketing director of Apex Creative, assisting her husband, Jason, in sharing his gifts with the world. They have three daughters and a giant Leonberger named Aslan. Yes, A-S-L-A-N, folks. I will let you pronounce it how you will. But he looks like a lion, Wendy just told me. And we should have been recording because we had some great discussion up until this point. She loves strong coffee, the ocean, all things related to personal growth. And she finds joy in spending time with her family and friends, engaging in activities like kayaking and her immersing herself in music. So welcome, Wendy. I'm so glad that you are here today. I have to tell everyone that when I met you a year ago, two years ago, I don't know, between six months and 10 years ago, because that's kind of how I understand time these days. You were wearing these <laughs> yes. amazing Converse shoes. I love Converse shoes. And every time since that time, I've seen you, you've been wearing amazing Converse shoes. So I don't know. I was just immediately drawn to you. Do you have them on today? Sherry, look, I must have, I didn't know you were going to say this. Look what, what I'm wearing. Oh my gosh. Those are amazing. For They're- those who are not watching, I have on pink two colors of pink like candy swirl high top converse thank you i didn't even know how to describe them candy swirl perfect candy, it's like a candy swirl i wear these at our launch party for the podcast and that they so fun. make me so happy oh my gosh and she's on pink glasses and the first time i met you your glasses and your shoes match and she owns a purple mini cooper people so um there you go that's wendy in a nutshell so Wendy, I would love for you to share your version of your overall journey. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there you go. I mean, within the next 45 minutes, it's fine. Nutshell. You can do it. Yeah, in a nutshell. Like the like a freaking nutso roller coaster that <laughs> has huge ups and huge downs and upside downs and swirly whirlies and water splashes swirly on whirlies. you and it's like the craziest roller coaster there is. And sometimes it's kind of like when you go through like, um, I don't know, like at a water park, when you go through, you're on like the, the what do they call it? The lazy river. But then you go mm-hmm. under this big gushing, like a, a bucket of water or yes. something on you. Sometimes it's that. And let me ask you this. Yes. Would you want it any other way? I think no. sometimes we think, oh, life is going to be like, do, 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 do. And just kind of this uphill, I don't know. Like, it's just going to be flat or like we're going to plateau at some point. But how boring is that? Who wants to watch a movie like that? Like, well, except for Seinfeld. Seinfeld was pretty awesome. And that was pretty, you know, just kind of. But um, other than Seinfeld, we need some ups and downs and waterfalls. And what did you say? Swirly swirls? Swirly whirlies, whatever. Like, yeah, my favorite movies are movies where one minute you're laughing and the next minute you're crying. And one minute you're laughing and the next, like, 
that that kind of roller coaster journey of emotions because we're we're humans. We are supposed to feel all range of emotion. Like mm-hmm. we're not robots, right? Yet and we shouldn't <laughs> aspire to be. We're not yet. That's right. Let's cling to that human kind thing. <laughs> yeah, I would say if I can wrap it up in a little bow, I'm definitely like 100% Gen Xer, like just the spirit of like, don't freaking tell me what I can and can't do. I'm going to do it anyway. Like, I just, I love to ex- just experience life, all of it, because how can you fully appreciate mountaintop moments of joy if you haven't experienced like depths of despair and desolation? Like, and I, we're supposed to mm-hmm. feel all those things. And I, the thing that makes me sad is I feel like we live in a world now where nobody wants to feel anything or they only want to feel the good stuff. But that's not the human, right. that's not the human life. Like, you know, so I've taken a huge break from social media, kind of unplugged from the matrix. And it's, it's like everyone's just going for that dopamine hit that they get from social media. And it's, it's not real. It's not based in reality. It's not based on true love and friendship and understanding. Like, so the time that I had been spending in social media, I'm now spending like having one-on-one conversations with people and just listening to them and hearing them talk. Like I, I just automatically love to help people and I, I feel like a lot of times I get kind of downloads of things that they need to hear. Um, but even just listening to someone, I think so many people want to be seen and heard in real life, not the fake highlight reel that is social media. And I just think it's very dangerous. And it 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 literally crushes my heart what it's been doing to the younger generation with TikTok and suicide rates. And it's just... Something needs to give. It's like the wild, wild west right now. Now, I'm not crapping on people who like social media because there is great stuff about it. There are things I love about it, right? Spreading joy, making people laugh, doing a white snake (laughs) reenaction on my minivan. Lots of joy sparked there. Lots of joy sparked. Yeah. Right? So we we can't let the darkness take over social media either. So that, I think that's what's kept me on instead of 100% retreating. But what I've learned about myself is I wasn't, I didn't, we aren't really taught how to protect Mm -hmm. our own energy and our own hearts. And I, my whole life, my journey has been, I've always been just very sensitive. Okay. I wait, which I'm finding out now. It's called (laughs) You don't strike me as a particularly sensitive person. Not that you're an insensitive person, but I mean, you're just, you know, you're just you, Wendy, right? You know what I'm saying? Well, but right. that, I wasn't always this way, right? So I've just always been highly sensitive. I've always really noticed other people's emotions. Uh, I have a strong intuition. So a lot of times I, I just know things. And I didn't really know how to harness that or what that meant. So I would say on my journey at first, it was number one, overwhelming. Like when Clark Kent realizes he's Superman and can hear all the voices all over the world, right? I didn't really know what to do with it. Um, And then I think once I knew I had that in me, and I mean, I'm telling you my whole life, people just tell me stuff. I could be at the grocery store. Like I just, Mm -hmm. people tell Mm -hmm. me stuff. And then what's really funny about this. So I went to college. I thought I was going to be a teacher, thought I'd be an elementary school teacher. So I went to you and I for two years and I realized, you know, I really like kids, but I think I just want right. to have my own kids. Very different when they're your I, own. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and so then I was like, well, now what? And I'm like, well, maybe. So I, I was going to go to Iowa State and be a dietitian. And I'm like, mm, I've battled my weight my whole life. I don't want to just focus on that. So, and then I thought, well, maybe I'll be a psychologist. And I remember having a conversation with my mom saying, you know, mom, I don't think I could be a psychologist. I don't know that my heart could handle listening to people's problems all day. So guess what I do? You became a hairstylist. So you were a psychologist. That's right. And I listened to people's (laughs) problems all day. (laughs) 
<laughs> so you just went a different route in becoming a psychologist and you just weren't able to like hang that, you know, uh, above your mirror. Right. Yep. So 24 years I did that. I think I earned my PhD in psychology and <laughs> all kinds of things. But again, I didn't learn how to protect my energy there. I wasn't, mm-hmm. I had no idea that people would tell me stuff in my chair that they didn't even tell their therapist. So I wasn't it's taught. Fascinating. How to, it's fascinating. It's fascinating because that. not every hairstylist has the level of empathy and, um, you know, not everybody, I think everybody tells their hairstylist stuff regard, regardless of the level of empathy their hairstylist has. So I can't imagine the things you heard, Wendy, given your you, right? You know, so I mean, stuff they weren't telling their husbands or friends, it just all came out in Wendy's chair. Okay, go on. Yeah, pretty much. So I loved it. It served me really well. Um, man, I, I, I would say I got a PhD in rapport. Like, you have to get someone to trust you pretty darn quick to get anywhere near this. Oh, yeah. You're cutting their hair. Yeah. Right? And I, I have to share this. One of my dearest clients, um, she passed away last year. When I would be shampooing her hair, she would just just have this big smile on her face, and I could just feel her whole body kind of just relax. And one time she looked up at me, and she grabbed my arm, and she said, Wendy because her husband had been dead for like seven years, I think. She said, Wendy, you are the only person who touches me. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So at the end of her her appointment that day, I just gave her the biggest hug. And ever since, I, I would just greet her with a big hug and I'd send her off with a big hug because it just broke my heart. Yeah. So I think we just forget that impact. So... That goes back to this whole fake world. Like it has been so great to just be sitting in real life in someone else's energy to hug them, to really be present with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I think COVID kind of made everyone retreat and become introverts. And we've mm-hmm. kind of forgotten how to connect. And we think that if I follow you on social and I heart some of your stuff and I, do a funny gif under your post that that's friendship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm just being very intentional, I think is the word. Now, don't get me wrong. I love a good cat video. I love like... <laughs> a good white snake video. I mean, there's some funny yeah. stuff out there. And I love that. I love... Um, there's people I follow that like have followers on TikTok and they give them money and then they give money to these people that need it, like all that stuff. There's so much greatness out there. So I've just had to really take a step back and pr- like learn how to protect my energy. Like how can I be bring joy in the world, but also protect myself? So it's a fine line. And is that one of the reasons why, Wendy, you decided to step away from hairstyling, which I I mean, when we think about, okay, hairstyling, you don't have to protect yourself, but truly you do. I mean, because how heartbreaking when you had that client say that to you, that you're the only person who touches her. I mean, I was often the first person to find out that someone had cancer, that they were pregnant, that they were, you know, like I often was the first time because they knew they could tell me you know, so I was like the keeper of secrets. Right. Yeah. So I, I loved it. It served me well. Honestly, the, I think I was really burned out from that. Second of all, like physically, like my hips, my shoulders, it just, it was really taking its toll. So one of my clients, I was doing our hair and we started talking and I, I flat out said, I, I feel like I'm being called to something else, but I don't know what that is. And she says, well, have you ever thought about being a coach? Like a like, softball coach? coach or... what do you mean? She's <laughs> right. like, because this would have been, yeah. yeah, this was like 2017, no, 2016-ish. And I'm like, she goes, well, like a health coach. And I'm like, huh. So then again, I go back. I'm like, I went to school to, I thought I wanted to be a teacher. Then I thought I wanted to be a psychologist. Then I thought I wanted to be a dietitian. So here we are. I become a coach yeah. and I'm basically all three of those things. 
And I loved it. Like I went through the health coach certification and I really liked it, but they also offered a life coach certification. And boy, when I took that course, I was like, I am all in because Mm -hmm. it's not just about our weight. Mm -hmm. Our weight is just Mm -hmm. a side effect of all these other things. And so, yeah, I, I just, I loved it. And so for a while I was doing both. I was trying to do both. But then in 2019, I said, you know what? It's time. I'm just going to take the leap of faith and just go all in with coaching. My big idea was, you know, speaking, having workshops, all these exciting things. And then March 2020 happened. Yeah. (laughs) I think everybody's got their story, right? And I'm like, oh, I guess I can't do events. Um, But it's, you know, Really, I would say the biggest journey that I've been on is, I'll try not to cry. Just, Um, you know. Mm -hmm. Just fully knowing myself. Like, I think so often we think that it's something outside of us that will fix us, help us, make us better. I mean, I've taken, the amount of courses I have taken, like self-help books I've read, like all this stuff. We keep expecting this answer to come to us. But I just turned 50 last October and it's like I was hit over the head with an anvil. Like <laughs> I'm picturing you know, like this cartoonish like, version of Wendy. Yeah. Yeah. Bugs wedding style, right? Just <laughs> anvil landing on my head. Like everything I need to know for me mm-hmm. is in here. It's inside of me. What? Hello. So I've really just been taking time. I love personality tests. Um, I I love something called human design and just really getting to know who I am. I think most often we advocate our shortcomings. Oh, absolutely. And that's what we're encouraged to focus on. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, what are my strengths, right? What are my strengths? And really celebrating my strengths and my weaknesses are just areas of that I can either just let go of and say, you know what? I am kind of mm-hmm, clumsy. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just how it is. You know, I, the, so I just think sometimes we just get so stuck in all the things that we're not. And where that really comes to me is as a hairstylist, people would come and sit down and tell me everything they hated about their hair. If I asked them what they liked about their hair, they'd kind of, Either look at me like I was an alien or they'd be like, nothing, that's why I'm here. Make it into something I like. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so in the human brain, Mm -hmm, like 80% mm -hmm. of human thoughts are negative. It's a defense mechanism. And so you really have to work on being positive and not the kind of... Yeah, not Pollyanna. Positive, fake. Yeah. No, yeah. not shooting rainbows and butterflies out it my sounds ass. Sounds painful like, too. Like, mm-hmm. but I just learned that my yeah, joy—it yeah. does sound painful. Um, my joy is my job. My husband's joy is his job. My kids' joy is their job. It's if we would all just focus on ourselves and our strengths. Wow, wouldn't the world be a better place? Well, and when you said too that the answers are inside you, if someone had told me that twenty years ago, which I'm sure somebody did, or I heard that, I'm like, what in the hell? Okay help me get them out. Like (laughs) if they were inside me, I'd know the answers. Like I really just thought that sounded like BS when I'd hear that. Like it was just a bunch of woo woo. Like mountaintop, like a monk, you know, the answers inside of you. Like, (laughs) yeah, what? I would have called bullshit on it too if I were my 16 year old. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. Yeah. And, but it, it's, is so true. Life really is pretty darn simple, but it's not easy. You know? Mm-hmm. Love, and we overcomplicate it. Love yourself, love other people, admit when you're wrong. Like, I mean, it's really, really, really simple, but it's not easy, especially when the world bombards us with all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so I was a coach for a while and uh, frankly, I got a little burned out from that too, because I, I don't know if you experienced this, but I can't want something more for someone than they want for themselves. Yes, I have recognized that I need to work with the people 
who are my people. Are people like, who are yeah, ready. It, that's just it. Yeah. Now, there are some people that aren't ready and it's a slow roll. So I think that's the other thing I found challenging mm-hmm. is I met someone mm-hmm. and a whole year later, she was ready for it. So it's mm-hmm. definitely more of a slow roll. I just want to have impact. And so for me, it just didn't feel impactful enough. Now, mm-hmm. the people that I have helped, it did impact their life, right? And rippled out. But I still I still felt like called to do something bigger, more impactful. And mm-hmm. Trisha and I mm-hmm. go way back. We met in uh, early 2000s. We worked at a salon together. And so we've got a long friendship that's been, you know, on and off, on and off over the years. And so recently when we reconnected, it was like, she's the same as me, just has this strong passion for helping people. And so that's why we started the podcast. And really it's just the two of us just sitting and just talking about hard stuff. Like we don't script anything. You know, we may have an idea of the overall topic, but we just sit and talk. And she has your energy level. It's phenomenal. I think we play off each other very well because she can do things that I could never do. Like I am so agreeable. I'm the middle child. I don't like to rock the boat. And she has no problem telling you what's what. So I think I live vicariously through her in that way. Um, yeah. So we've been doing that. We will have, we just, we have 24 episodes out there. We've had two live events and we're just kind of in this holding pattern right now. Like what we thought we wanted it to be, we're kind of, is kind of morphing and changing. So we're going to take a break and just kind of see what that is. I think that's the other thing I want people to know and understand. It's okay to change your mind. Yes. Oh my gosh. We're in a different space now than a year ago when we started doing this. I've grown a lot. I've done a lot. I've, I'm not Wendy of January, 2023. Mm-hmm. I'm Wendy of January, 2024. And whether that means we keep going or we pivot and do something else, or we do something else totally entirely, like it's okay to change your mind. And I change my mind all the time. If I'm not comfortable somewhere, I'm out. Like I worked at one salon for five days, left, worked in another salon for two weeks. I'm like, I do not stay somewhere that like I, I've really learned I have to listen to my physical body. Mm -hmm. And when something doesn't feel right, I'm like, I'm out. And I, I love that for a lot of reasons, Wendy, what you just said, but it, it makes me think too. I think it's important to recognize when we're experiencing discomfort because it's just unfamiliar versus when we're out of alignment yeah. with something. So clearly, yes, something was feeling a little wonky for you to leave after five days. And it wasn't just, oh, this is new. I don't like change. I feel a little bit of discomfort. It wasn't the kind that would have allowed you to grow. It was the kind that would have probably hindered your growth, right? Yes. Like my soul was like, nope, nope. And then of course, through other things that I've learned as I've taken time to get to know myself is that where things go south for me is if I spend too much time here in my brain Mm -hmm. trying to make things logical. And frankly, a a large part of my life, people have judged me or kind of made fun of me that I listen to my gut more than here, Mm -hmm. that I don't use logic. But man, I, I can just overthink and just go down a rabbit hole and then I become completely paralyzed and I don't do anything. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm kind of that I'd rather ask for forgiveness than permission kind of person because I I have learned that I am the kind of person that just has to experience something. I think that's what I loved about cosmetology school. I didn't just talk about it. I, I got to learn about it and then I got to go out and use it and do it. Well, and I have to learn by doing. That had to be a big change for you. I'm realizing too. I mean, there's clearly so much alignment between styling hair and coaching. But I know when when we first met, we were talking about the types of people we'd like to work with. And if memory serves me correctly, you liked to help people and provide some immediate impact in their lives, right? Which is what you were accustomed to when you did somebody's hair. You didn't say, okay, in you know, over this next six months, we're gonna curl your hair. Right. I mean, you, they came in, they sat down and they walked out with some transformation. And so I think that's something that was really important to recognize about yourself too, was how quickly you wanted to impact people too, because 
especially because you were so accustomed to quick transformation when you were doing hair. So then if it took somebody a year to recognize, oh, wait, Wendy, you know that thing you talked to me about a year ago? I'm ready for that now. That had to be wildly frustrating. It was very hard. I And I admit patience is not one of my virtues. So I kind of feel like I was sent here to just light fire under butts, mm-hmm. you know, make someone think. Obviously, I love making people laugh. I think that was kind of my... Um, top coping mechanism growing up. Like I, again, I was like, I was a middle child. So like how I would get people to notice me is I'd tell jokes and bring the razzle dazzle. And, and then I think what happened is when I started having weight issues, I brought the razzle dazzle. So people would not notice my body. So it's like, everybody pay attention to how funny I'm going to be. So you don't notice that I'm not uncomfortable in my body. And I mean, when I saw pitch perfect and fat Amy said, you know, they're like, who called you fat Amy? And she's like, I did. You know, I came up with it before you skinny bitches could. Like, I cried <laughs> laughing. I lost my shit. I have because, not seen Pitch Perfect, but I will tonight. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm going to call myself fat before someone else can. And make jokes about right. myself before someone else can. And so for the longest time, that was my coping mechanism. And now that I've done all this work on myself, I am kind of to the point where I'm like, you know what? I don't. I don't need to bring the razzle-dazzle to hide things about me. I'm here to bring the freaking razzle-dazzle because I am razzle-dazzle. Like, it's, it's just who you I You are razzle-dazzle. Yeah. I'm not here to try to fix fact, you, fix the world. I just am fixing myself. And when you fix yourself, when you go out in the world, it's like you you can show others that it's possible. So, you know what I mean? There's a difference. Like... My reason for bringing the razzle-dazzle has changed. And frankly, last year was the year of me running around like a chicken with my head cut off, trying to be that razzle-dazzle Wendy for all the wrong reasons. And it did not end well. I have been sick a lot. I just crashed. I was in a deep depression. I had some weeks where I all I wanted to do was sleep. So again, my body was literally saying, WTF, this is not what we're doing here. And I'm not really good at listening. So you're not good at listening to yourself is what you're saying, right? No, I'm not good at listening to myself. Yeah, And my body tells me, I mean, in 2017, the reason that I finally said yes to coaching is because I was in the depths of despair after having shingles pain for eight weeks. I was not taking care of myself. I was doing everything for everyone else, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. working crazy hours. And my body was like, we're done. And I was forced to rest. Right. Forced to rest. So that's what my body did at the end of 2023. It said, nope, we're done. Your ass is going to sleep for a while. <laughs> <laughs> you can try to fight it, but that's just not going to work out. Um, I also, so Wendy, I need to say, it's so funny. I think that um, we often don't think about the people in our lives who have the razzle-dazzle as ever having any sort of um, need to sleep or depressing thoughts or anything because they're just Mm -hmm. always razzle-dazzle. And I'm not, I mean, you are one of the most authentic people I've met. It's not that you're being inauthentic to the world, but you might not be as authentic as you want to yourself when you're not listening to yourself, right? So it's not that you were like putting on a big show. It's just that something was a little off and you weren't recognizing it because you weren't stopping long enough to recognize it, right? Well, I I think I thought if I just kept moving and kept going that it would, it's like I was running from it. Yeah. It's like I was on a treadmill at 10 incline at seven miles an hour and the thing's right behind me, but I'm on a treadmill. So in my mind, I'm running away from it. But the minute I get off the treadmill, it's right there. So it's like, I, can't, I think it was a comedian that said, you know, everywhere I go, there I am. Like, <laughs> still here. <laughs> why, do we keep, why do we keep running from ourselves? So that's kind of, that. really, that's been the big aha that I've learned from coaching. And I learned for myself is the only person who is with you your entire life is you. So why the heck aren't we 
Like, why am I not my own best friend? Why am I not my own best advocate? Why am I the one talking shit to myself? It makes no sense because I'm not going anywhere. And no one besides God knows what goes on in here. So I'd say that is what I'm most passionate about is becoming best friends with yourself, becoming your best advocate. It's the most important work that anybody can do. And we wouldn't be friends with someone who talked to us the way we talk to ourselves. Girl, yes. So I think when that, when that really hit me, when that kind of shit talk stopped is when I had my first daughter. I had three daughters. And I remember like, I would never say these things to them. You know, like it, it was just this real. And so I pictured my younger self, my little curly blonde, curly haired self. Like I wouldn't talk to her like that. I would never, ever say that. So that's when I'm like, oh no, this has to stop. And if I do catch myself talking poorly to myself, that's my warning. That's my speed bump. That's my flare. Like, wait a minute, something's not right. If I'm back to that old habit. And it takes stopping to really recognize the way we're talking to ourselves because we don't consciously think, oh, wait a minute, I'm saying some mean things to myself. Because we're also, we have these thoughts about, oh, I need to pick up milk and I need to pick up so-and-so and da-da-da-da-da and oh gosh, I look like crap today and da, 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 da. And so the fact that your body told you, hey, listen, lady, you need to stop and rest and think about all this crap you're telling yourself. That's pretty powerful that you actually listened. You know, eventually. I know on your show and on our podcast, we often ask people like, what advice would you give your 18-year-old self? And when those moments happen, I imagine it as my 80-year-old self saying to me, girl, take a nap. Like, yeah, because like, (laughs) you know what I mean? So it's like, there's, there's wisdom in our old selves and there's wisdom in our future self. And my favorite question Mm -hmm. to ask people that I coach or that I'm talking to is, you know, imagine this future that you want to have. Okay. Like picture yourself, what are you wearing? What are you doing? What are you not doing? You know? And if, if your future self only had 30 seconds could only tell you one thing, what would they tell you today? And mm-hmm, you know what? Mm-hmm. I've probably asked easily 60 people that question. And did you know that every single time people answer right away? Really? I've never had someone go, well, they're imme- they literally answer immediately. And what what is the oh. typical response that you would get? Or would you say there's a oh, typical? Like, I would be like, They'd be like, they're like, oh, I'd be like, girl, slow down, take a nap, mm-hmm. um, keep going. I'm trying, mm-hmm. you know, your body's trying to tell you, like they all, the, the instantly. So again, that wisdom is there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We just don't trust ourselves enough to listen. Yeah. And so I think the biggest thing too is like, how how do you know someone's a good friend? How do you, how do you become a great friend with someone? You spend time together. You have, you have lots of conversation and you spend time together. That's how you start to build trust with someone. Mm-hmm. And you listen. So, and you listen. Mm-hmm. So how, the only way we become our own BFF is to spend time with ourselves and listen to mm-hmm. ourselves mm-hmm. and learn to trust ourselves. Mm-hmm. Not kick our own ass all the time. Like, oh, why'd you do that? Why'd you do that? Oh, you always do that. Why do I do that? I mean, the self-talk that goes on in our heads is crazy. So stupid. And here's the other thing. Again, I'm not going to like shoot rainbows and butterflies out my ass and tell you that the powerful Sherry's going to drive the bus all the time. (laughs) Right? Nope. It's a constant conversation with that part of you that you say, you you don't ignore it. You say, wow, thank you, fearful Sherry, that you're noticing that. I realize you're just trying to keep me safe. You know, I acknowledge you and I hear you. Like, listen to those versions of you. I imagine like a sea of Wendy's all wearing a different hat that say like fear, joy, happiness, sadness. Like, they just want a little attention and to be seen and heard. Mm-hmm. So you acknowledge them, but then you say, but I'm, the, I'm driving the bus. You know, I'm not kicking you off the bus. You get to be on the bus, but I'm driving the bus. The Wendy who knows who she is and 
we're all friends and we're all, you know, sometimes they just want to be seen and heard. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes we just need to say, you know what? I'm really sad today. Right. And acknowledge it. And sometimes we just try to shove it under a rug. I mean, I know I did that for years just thinking, oh, I just don't. It's not that I was trying to not deal with it. I just really, there were things I just didn't think I had to, you know, like, oh, I'll just, you know, be enthusiastic and just shove that. We'll tuck that over here. But then stuff, and I was, you know, people would say, oh, stuff's always going to come up later. No, that's, that's a bunch of crap. That's not right at all. I, I have the ability to shove it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's well, like a volcano. So here's what happens. You hold it, you hold it, you hold it. And then one day your husband or your kid doesn't put something back <laughs> on the counter the way you wanted it, or they don't, you know, put the dishes in the dishwasher and you're like, ah, what the heck is wrong with you people? And you just like, freaking explode and they're over there like it's just dishes and you're like it's everything that i've been holding down for 20 years just came out it's not just dishes yes yes and clearly they don't understand and they really don't they really have valid concerns because they have no idea what the hell is happening and yes we don't recognize that oh it's really not because they didn't put the dishes the way they were supposed to from our standpoint. Um, but can we be real? Yeah. There is a certain way you are supposed to oh, hold absolutely, the dishwasher. Just- absolutely. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you on that. <laughs> but let's say, okay, let's say it's bread comes, crumbs on the counter. Like, I mean, I know I've had days where it's like, oh my gosh, what is wrong with these people? Um well, I, nothing really, but I have different standards and it's all this stuff that I shoved away that people said would come up at some point. And I no, it's not because I was trying to be logical. This emotion crap. Ah. No, let's just, we don't need to talk about that emotion stuff. That's just nonsense, right? Yep. Yeah. So I know that we're short on time. So one thing that I did script in my head that I wanted to make sure I said today So the idea of the dash, right? Mm -hmm. There's something about turning 50 that really wakes you up. Now, the average, I think, lifespan is 80. So actually, I was maybe at midlife at 40. No, no, that's that's other people's lifespans. Yours is going to be about 120, I have a feeling. I have longevity in my family. So Mm -hmm. 102 is totally doable. And you've already had shingles. Got that over with. Get check. Yep. Check. So... One of the things that we've been doing, my husband and I, so he was stuck in jobs for a long time that weren't his zone of genius, but he did the responsible thing as a dad, did the things. And so last year, he quit that soul-sucking job. And we are like really ready to unleash the skills, gifts, and talents I like the way you combined that. It's a very efficient way to say it. Yeah. Yes. Skills, gifts, and talents. So guilts. I don't know. Anyway, um, it's like all the things, like when you look back, I look at all the things that the knowledge that we've accumulated and the skills that we have. And it's like, we are now, we've created our own kind of creative ecosphere where we're going to just dive in and we're just going to do it. Like he's a good writer. He has a book that he wrote and illustrated that we're working on getting out there. He um, started his t-shirt company that he had an idea for. We just launched that. Uh, We're going to help other people with their podcasts. We're working on a podcast that we're going to do together. So we're just kind of working on creating our own little creative empire. Oh my gosh, I I am so excited. Is because uh, Jason lost his mom last year. And she was, um, she just played everything so, so, so safe, you know, and playing it safe all the time isn't necessarily, you know, like, gosh, you only get one life, right? Mm-hmm. So it was just a big wake up call. <clears throat> but the one thing I'll say about her dash is the number of people at her funeral. She wasn't on social media. She had friends that she kept in touch with from high school. Like she was a great friend. A real life friend. In real life to people. And it was beautiful to see 
all the people that were there and the people that couldn't be there, the cards that we got, like she really, and focused even though on she didn't take a ton of risks and connecting with people, she really lived her dash and being like an amazing friend. That's so amazing. Oh, I'm getting better. It can, I mean, I, I think it's okay to cry to me. Tears are like truth serum. Whoa. So when the tears come, oh, usually. I love that. Truth serum. Yeah. Man, you have some good truth stuff. Serum. You have good stuff, Wendy. Man, when someone starts to cry, it's usually after they've said something they've been burying or hiding. Or it's like this thing. And when the tears come, it's truth serum. It's never, it's always like they got to speak some truth or release something that they've been hiding. And so, and then, and people, I just did it myself. I tell people all the time, don't apologize for crying. It's truth serum. But our immediate reaction is to apologize. Yeah. Right. And what's funny is it but, doesn't bother me gosh. a bit when other people cry. I mean, it bothers me in that I feel, you know, I, I, I'm sad to see you cry if you're crying about something sad. Um, but when I do, yes. it's like, oh, automatic apology, apology. You know, it's just funny because yeah. I'm, Plus, so logical. You know, yeah, generally, the crying <laughs> face is not very attractive. <laughs> Why is that? That's just so unfair. I yeah, get it. An ugly. Cry. Yeah, the ugly. Oh, so frustrating. My nose gets yeah. all red. It's terrible. Okay, so you know that I could talk to you for six hours, but I know that you actually, we actually can't, unfortunately. So I. So we talked about the question: What would you tell the teenage version of yourself, the eighteen-year-old version of yourself? What yes. would, so if I were to just ask you that question, which I am now, I guess, um, what would you, what would you say? How would, how, what's your answer to that question, Wendy? I would tell her to stop running, to stop worrying so much about the future and to just be present each day and to listen to your gut, to listen to those things that inside you're like, mm, I don't know about that. Now, I'm not saying that we aren't supposed to lean into logic. There are definitely some times in my life that I'm really glad that I leaned into logic. So I wouldn't say we're supposed to ignore logic, but I would tell her just really pay attention to how someone or something makes you feel inside. And also, I would tell her that's how you should pick your friends. If you have a friend that every time you leave time with them, you are drained and just feel like crap consistently, because we all have our moments. We all help each other as friends. But if you consistently, a friend and your interaction with them makes you feel worse about yourself, makes you feel worse about life, see ya. Bye-bye. I would rather have no friends than a friend like that. So definitely be oh, that's so, so good, freaking judicious about who's in your inner circle. So good. And I love the example you shared of being at that hair salon for five days and another one for two weeks. What's the point of just continuing this misaligned nonsense? Sometimes we, you know, logic may have kept you there, right? Oh, yeah. That's... People all the time, I kept my corporate job because of all the benefits. Mm -hmm. I kept my corporate job because I had this many weeks vacation. And I talked to someone one time. They were like, I have eight weeks vacation. Oh, wait, I'm going to make this easier because I don't like math. I'm going to say, I'm going to say 10 weeks. Let's just say 10 weeks vacation. And I just looked at them and I'm like, what about the other 41, 42 weeks of the year? <laughs> right. So, and that's what we did, you know, huh. just what Jason and I have decided to do now, it's like, we can always just say, go get a job somewhere if we need to. But right, right now, becoming empty nesters, it's so exciting. I almost feel like I'm graduating from high school and it's like, where am I going to go to college? What am I going to do? Like, it's like, <laughs> what there's all now? these things that we can do. We have all to collectively, we work well together. We learned that with the podcast because he's our producer. Like there are so many cool things that we can do in the world. So why not? Why not just create it ourselves? And why wait? Why wait? You know, because yeah. I don't want to do that life that that the boomers and a lot of Gen Xers did where you work here till you die. And when you retire, if you are physically or mentally able, then you'll do shit. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I, I, I've never believed in that. Right. We have our health right now. We have the time and the 
energy to do it. I want to spend the next 10 years just doing as much as we can because I don't know when I'm 70 what I'll be able to do or not do. So why wait? Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you, I mean, in your situation, your husband quit his soul sucking job, but he he wouldn't have necessarily had to. It, I think sometimes people feel like, okay, I need yes. to either leave my job and live in a van or stay at my job and wait until I retire. Yes. But we can incorporate those bits of um, joy into our lives in some way. We don't have to, if we want to start a bakery, we don't have to wait until we're retired to start a bakery because then we might not have the energy or yes. the brain capacity. Thank so, you for you saying know, start that because... Baking some, now. Thank you for saying that because sometimes you are not in a position where you can say, screw this, I'm leaving. So right. it's all about in how you look at something because how many people have you known that hate their job and then they go somewhere else and they hate their job? It's not the job. Mm -hmm. It's they have a shitty attitude. Yeah. And we take ourselves with us, like you said earlier. Yeah. Wherever I go, there I am. Perfect example. Mm -hmm. Again, we could talk all day. I'll just wrap this up. Uh, We had the opportunity to celebrate my 50th birthday and our upcoming 25th anniversary when we were gone for two weeks. We went to the Canary Islands and we went to um, Ibiza, Ibiza, Spain. And here I am in literal paradise. One day I'm laying by the pool. And I was crying. I was depressed and sad. And I'm like, here I am in paradise and I'm crying by the pool. Your problems go wherever you go. Like just being in paradise didn't mean that all my problems were going to go away. So (laughs) it's like, let's stop shoving things down. Let's stop pretending everything is fine. Because even though this kind of work is hard, man, once you get over that hump, it's like, I mean, so many people are like, I wish I would have done this years ago. What was I waiting for? Like, is sometimes the scariest option, just that beauty is right behind that pile of crap. Like, you just have to keep going. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean, oh, you're going to spend, like, stay in a pile of crap for three years. It might just be, you know, just around the corner. Yeah. And, and, and your joy is your job. It's not your job's job to fulfill you. That's your job. So if you're at a job that isn't, you know, then you have to find things outside of your work and it's that nobody, fill you up. It's, no, it's not the so, job of someone else, a person to fulfill you either. Nope. Yeah. I'm not unfulfilled nope. because my husband didn't clean the bread crumbs off the counter. <laughs> it might be irritating, but it's not his job. Right, to exactly. Yeah. So a perf- I'll wrap it up like this. I loved roller skating as a kid. We had an unfinished basement and I would roller skate in the basement because it was just a cement floor. We had roller skating parties at my elementary school forever. And recently one of my friends surprised us. We were, she, it's kind of like a surprise. We don't know what we're doing for girls night. She just plans that we show up. We went roller skating. Now, my initial reaction is um, I haven't skated for a while Um, I don't want to fall and break my hip. Um, So I was like clinging to the wall for the first half an hour. But by the end of that two hours, I was in a groove and I have not felt that happy in a long time because I just, I just love skating. And so I came home from that so fired up. I went on Amazon and bought a $40 pair of purple roller skates and the wheels light up. Did you also buy the ball things to put on them? Because you'll need Not to yet. if you didn't. Okay, okay. Um, okay so a ahead. couple weeks ago, I just went because they have adult skate night every week. I went and just roller skated by myself. <sighs> so like, I love the fact it. that you did that you loved as a kid and just go do it. And if mm-hmm. you have to... Use one of those like walker things that they have for the little kids, then do it. It was so great. We Such okay, a good I, workout. We went roller skating with the boys, and there was a gentleman who was, I bet he yes. was 80, and he was wearing a helmet and he was skating. He just came alone. And I mean, it's amazing exercise. Oh. You're using all kinds of stuff you yes. haven't used before. And he was there by himself, had his little helmet on, he had his little plaid shirt. It was I mean, amazing. And I thought, you go, you go. I mean, and we feel like we get to this certain age and it just needs to stop. 
Like we, 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 we feel like we have to wait until a certain age for things to start and other things have to stop when we get to a certain age, but we don't really know what that age right? is. And we're going through life thinking, oh, I'm too young for that. Oh, I'm not old enough for that. And then you get to a certain age and you're like, oh, I'm too old uh-uh. for that. It's like what? Based on what? Too Who told old? No. you that? I will never be too old for anything. And it just felt so good. I was in that. That's the other thing. I was just there for myself. And mm-hmm. who would have thought how healing and wonderful it could be to skate in a circle for an hour and a half? <laughs> but it's amazing. Yeah, it is. Well, especially if you and have purple skates. And there's a giant disco ball. Oh I mean, come gosh. on. <laughs> I mean, what else do you need, really, in and, life? And, okay, I could keep talking, <laughs> but I got to wrap this up. My favorite part was <laughs> when I had skating parties as a kid, you could go and request songs, right? Do, I, and so... You know, when they'd play your song, yeah. you'd be like, oh, it's my jam. And, and so I requested songs, two songs the first time I was there. And when my song came on, because we were just sitting talking, when my song came on, like something came yeah. alive in me and I flew up out of my chair. I'm like, it's my song. And I'm telling you, I went out there and skated my ass off to that song. <laughs> and what's cool? What song oh, was, was it, just, Wendy? <laughs> oh, I was so into it. So um, Blame It on the Boogie by the Jackson 5. <laughs> And a control by Janet Jackson. <laughs> but here's the best part. I, I skate off and this person came up to me and they were like, I could not stop watching you. You were like, girl, you were just <laughs> loving life. And they just said how much joy it brought them to see me just my 50 year old ass skating. <laughs> And then they said, were you the one in the white snake video too? I, I, you I look so you. familiar. <laughs> anyway. Oh my gosh. I would love to. Okay. Where can people find you, Wendy? I got to put it in the show notes too, but where can people find you? Okay. So your sasstasticlife.com. We are on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. And then um, our new business, Apex, A-P-E-X-X, creative, dot V-I-P, not dot com, dot V-I-P. I love every moment I spend with you, Wendy. And now I'm going to be picturing you in purple skates after this. So, well, okay, it's going to it's gonna um, shift between that and climbing a van. But um Anyway, I always have just such awesome visuals when I think about you. So I appreciate that. Awesome. Yes, the White Sink video is located on our YouTube channel. Yes, thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I was going to ask that. Yeah. Yes. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. You are just um, such an inspiration, just so full of energy. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. And I know you have to go. So um, thank you so much for being here today, Wendy. I love it. And thank you everyone to listening to today's episode. I know that Wendy brought you all kinds of joy and uh, just appreciate you being here so much, Wendy. So thank you. Well, I appreciate you and I appreciate your energy. When I meet other people that have that that razzle-dazzle, I'm just so excited. Love it, love it, love it. Because <laughs> you, you bring the razzle-dazzle too. <laughs> thank you, Wendy. Okay, thanks everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Dash Mindset Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Tell your friends and leave us a review. Follow me on my social media platforms highlighted in the show notes and get in touch with me at thedashmindset.com. Share the topics you'd like me to explore in future episodes. Thanks again for listening to the Dash Mindset Podcast. We'll see you next time. Design and differentiate your Dash, your way, and make today amazing.